What is up, the sixth man? We are back. Week ten, we've hit double digits. Um, some big news uh, on our side is Boris has announced some lockdown news that potentially we might be getting out of the house for once, which is great. You know, we've got to have some positivity, uh, non-basketball related. But I am. Um, how are my GM's doing? We good? All good? Uh, yeah. yeah, feeling good. good. That's good. That's good. So what we're going to do is we're going to transition over the Atlantic to the Atlantic Division. And every week on this show, I get slandered for, oh, I didn't get picked in the position. It's basically superstar calls, you know, complaining to the ref. Oh, you don't support my team, whatever. And what do I do? I listen to these chumps. So at the top spot, deservedly, in the Atlantic Division... The Toronto Raptors. Wow, what a week it has been for the Six. 4-0 this week. They are above 500. Um, a long way from that awful start that they had. Lancashire Lambeer, you've asked and you've got. Take it away. First of all, I, I hope that wasn't a terrible attempt at a Northern accent that you just did then. Um, because if it was, never again, please. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the Raptors. They finally found their bite in Tampa. Um, like you said, 4-0 this week. They're now above 500 for the first time this season. Um, they're fifth in the East. I think that's a place that they can definitely finish in the top six now um, for the rest of the year. And these four wins that they've had this week, they've been four great wins. Back-to-back wins against the Bucks, A narrow win against the Timberwolves and probably the most boring game of the season. And a great win against your 76ers the other night as well. So it's not like they're beating... Nobody's out here. They're beating top, top teams. Well, they did beat a nobody team, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we are not going to talk about the Raptors in a positive light. In fact, we're going to talk about the potentially the dunk of the year, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If, if anybody if anybody missed out, I don't know what's been going on. Uh, Anthony Edwards absolutely baptised uh, Utah. And um, I just hope he's okay. So my, my question for, for all the GMs is what is your favourite in-game dunk from your memory? I mean, you've got to at least shout out Vince Carter in the Olympics jumping over a seven-footer. In-game in mm-hmm. dunk, that is the greatest of all time. Like, there's no... I don't know how it could be anything different. I, I like I like the, uh, the DeAndre Ali on the ground at night and the, the face he made afterwards. I was mm-hmm. just... God, he's just so high as well. And like I've heard Chris Paul talk about throwing loss to DeAndre. He's like, like Blake can go up and get it, but for DeAndre, it doesn't matter where you throw it. Like it just doesn't matter. Like and it doesn't uh, matter who's there either. <laughs> love to see, love to see. Um, yeah, so obviously that happened, which is one of the low points for the Raptors, but they have been, like you said, on an absolute tear. Two amazing wins against the Bucks in a back-to-back um, with comfortable leads at the end of those games. And for them, somebody I really wanted to pick out, Matt, is, is Norman Powell. So yeah. since the Jan 22nd, he's been averaging 22.8 points per game on 53% shooting. Another player, Chris Boucher. 13.4 points per game, 6.6 rebounds and two blocks uh, off the bench. Out of those two players, who do you think is going to be more important for the Raptors moving forward? I think uh, Norman Powell, 
it seems that of late, the Raptors, what's been working for them is when they play small ball. And Norman Powell has been a really important factor in that. Like you said, the last 11 games, he's averaged 23 points a game. He's actually been shooting 55% from three in his last 11 games and 53% from the field and 94% from the line. So he's, he's in pretty good form right now. And it was interesting that against the Sixers, they started small ball. And then that didn't work. And then they eventually changed and put um, Aaron Baines in. And then they obviously got the win in the end. But throughout the course of the season so far, what has been working for them has been playing small ball. And he's kind of stepped up in the fact that where Kyle Lowry's missed the last three and a half games, he's definitely been contributing to um, to the Raptors' uptake in form. And yeah, he got 31 points against the Timberwolves the other night in that game where not many other people were scoring. And yeah. 29 points against, in the win against the Bucks as well. So he's been he's been excellent. Just another shout out on the front for British basketball because Nick Nurse, who actually came from um, obviously our end, his assistant coach just got hired for the Timberwolves uh, for Chris Finch, who used to coach GB. So that's something which is really interesting. Um, yeah, that's big for us. That's that's big for our, our little island uh, in the state for basketball. Is there anything else you want to bring up on the Raptors uh, for Matt? Any key points that you've picked out from uh, your team that's rolling at the moment? I'd say um, the defence has been really important for them at the moment. Um, so they actually have the fewest field goal attempts against them in the league, um, whilst they also rank seventh for like best field goal percentage against them. Um, so that's been really important, and it kind of shows they can only really get better in terms of their... Um, results going forward and I think that shows in the fact that I think Embiid he scored what was it 25 points through the night but he only actually shot six from 20 from mm-hmm. the field so if you're keeping a player like Joel Embiid from from scoring from from the field that's that's definitely a positive so defense has been really good for them of late and as shown by the fact they kept the, the books under 100 points in their in their second win against them very impressive and Coming from a fan who's in the Eastern Conference, I do not want to be seeing Raptors in a playoff series. Well coached, hard, hard, um, hard nosed team, and just yeah, just a gritty team, and they've they've really bounced back really well. So I'm very impressed. Speaking of the Sixers, really tough week for for my team. Uh, we've had a long Western Conference road trip, which hasn't ended well. We were two and two this week. Uh, 20 and 11 overall, and we are hanging on to the number one spot by a thread. Jay Wild, yeah. talk to me. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Nets are closing in on that number one spot, as you say. So it's uh, it's looking a little dicey. Um, but, you know, we didn't have Ben for two of the games this week. Um, I don't think, you know, as much as I, I think they've had such a good start to the year, when you hit a point like this in the season midway through, you know, run out of steam just a little bit, you know, that sort of mid-season lull, I don't want to overreact too much. There's been some really positive stuff going on. We've had two uh, two of the players, Benson and Zanjo and B, they both had career highs this week, which is really cool. Uh, ben Simmons had 42 against the Jazz, obviously ended up losing that game, um, but it, it, it took... Um, it took Jordan Clarkson to score 40 points for them to lose by like eight. So, look, that's not taking anything away from them. That's an awesome win. But that was a really good game. And it was nice to see them play so aggressively without Joel. Um, and it's nice to see that Tobias Harris 
um, and and then can score like that even without having Embiid on the floor, who, by the way, is getting triple teamed in the post <laughs> like constantly and yet somehow still scoring, which when he's doing that, it's like unbelievable because you think about if you're a defensive player and your mindset is, right, I've got to cover my guy in the corner, but if that guy gets it on the block, I've got to run down as quick as possible. If your energy is going into that so much, that's going to affect your overall game because of how much energy it's taken just because of one player. Um you know, that's one of the things I'm, I'm seeing with them and what's really cool, especially from the Joel thing. Yeah, sometimes I like to dig a bit deeper and talk about some bench stuff, but bench has been pretty ugly with the Sixers, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, as of late. Um, so, and, and when Joel's having the time of his life right now, it's hard not to just harp on about it. One of the things that's really key is that he's running in transition now, which he just pure, simply hasn't been in shape to do in previous years. So you look at that game against the Bulls where he had his career high of 50 points. Um, they didn't even have Ben, um, but the link up between Tobias and Joel with the high to low action of the two bigs um, has been incredible. The chemistry those two guys are getting is fantastic. Now that Ben is running in transition, you look to see more link ups between Ben um, and Joel because you know Ben likes to push the ball. And if he's, you got Ben going full steam ahead and Joel trailing, Pick your poison. You're getting dunked on either way. So, I mean, I love to see what's going to be happening, what's what's going to be happening moving forward. The only thing I would say, I just love to see some more depth um, and, and a bit more uh, coming off. Talked about Cork Mars in previous weeks and how he can get hot and either extend and maintain leads, uh, but that hasn't been happening um, in the past four games, which is why they've taken two losses, in my opinion. Interesting stat I found out from the Ben Simmons game against the Jazz, which we obviously were all shocked by, is the lineup where he had four shooters with Mike Scott the centre was actually plus one against the Jazz team, which is second uh, defensive defensively, which is is pretty impressive. Uh, but I'm yeah. not going to talk about Ben just yet. I'm going to talk about Doc Rivers. He yeah. was announced as the head coach for the Eastern All-Stars. Uh, when asked, he said, I'd rather be golfing, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then he and he said, like, oh, I'd, it'd actually be funner if I get to pick a coach that has to go. And then he said he'd pick Pop, which is really funny. Question yeah. I wanted to ask you, Wild, is do you think that he is in is the front runner for Coach of the Year? Um, I think that... I don't think I don't think so personally because look he's obviously done such a good job turning them around and the biggest issue with the Sixers it now seems and we expected at the time was the coaching and then not being able to figure out how to work these two generational players in Ben and Joel um, but just because he's come in and been him I don't think has necessarily made him the best. Um, in all honesty, I think it needs to go to Salt Lake. Um, it's not just because I'm scared of his face. Um, I think that he needs to be uh, coach of the year. The job he's doing with um, with yeah, the Utah Jazz is just incredible, basically. So I think that should be coach of the year. That's the front runner for me at the moment. Um, so I, I think no, he's done a fantastic job, and he's one of the main reasons we are where we're at. But no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give that. To him. That's true. Can I ask a question? Not to rain on this Philly parade. 
Why would Doc even be in consideration? What are Philly doing this year that's so different to what they're doing last year? Do they have like so many more wins this year than last year? I'm just trying to understand why Doc we would were, be in this conversation. We were, we were sixth in the East with relatively the same team. Yeah, a couple of changes. But we're, we're first yeah, in I, the East right now. I, go on, Molly. Uh, yeah, I, I think where Ed's scepticism is coming in is that we... Yeah, for the past four years, it's always been, oh, you know, Philly could get to the finals this year. And it's just not, it's never happened because of certain things. It's more about now the way, in the way they're doing it. You know, they feel like they're playing different. They've definitely figured some stuff out. We could be accused of talking ourselves into Philly again, and we might be disappointed yet again. But I think with the teams that they actually have to beat, um, they actually match up really well with a lot of those teams because they're really big. They have somebody in Joel that not a lot of teams can stop, even if they triple team in, as I've been saying. Um, but as I said, the only thing that might hurt them is that depth. Got to beat better teams yeah. on my side of things. We just haven't beat good enough teams. Uh, and Seth Curry is struggling as well. And the depth needs to pick it up. So, yeah. We'll, that's, we'll... that's true. Just a quick point on Seth. Yeah, I mean, he had that, he had that 25 points. I forget which game it is in this week now, forgive me. But um, one of the things I always say about Seth is that he's if even if he's out there, it's like what everyone says about Carl Corver, even if he has a bad shooting night, you have to guard him as if he's going to score it, because he, especially him because he's so efficient. So just his presence will create room and space uh, for everybody else because you have to respect him because the last thing you want is him going off. Um, even if he's not, he's still effective out there. Let's move on to another team which is really struggling. Uh, two and two this week. They're bang on 500. Slightly disappointed, I'm not going to lie, even though they are one of my biggest rivals. Talk to me about the Celtics, bro. I'm disappointed. It's, this is not fun. <laughs> I, I, I want to say they were like my first pick because I was like, they're just going to be better than this. You know, they are, I mean, look, they're 500, they're in the pack. If they go on a little streak, a little, little winning streak, then they could get as far as the third seed. Um, do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. Um, they don't look good. Um, they got a win against the Nuggets. Jokic torched them for 43 points. And the only reason they won is because the Nuggets shot 26.5% from behind the three-point line. It's the only reason. So they, you know, they get lucky there. Um, then um, they had a couple of games with the Hawks. Um I'll talk a little bit about them. And I actually want to ask Wildy because he probably watched them. Um, but Trey Torchman in the first one um, for 40. Um, no Kemba. Um, and the Hawks go 57% from the field um, and they lose. Second game, Kemba comes back, has 28 points. I mean, it's not a particularly difficult defensive assignment. Um, but, uh, yeah, they... Um, the, the Hawks drop, yeah, the Hawks drop off. They only shoot 42%. And they managed to pick up a win there. Um, Wildy, did you watch those? Um, I didn't watch them in full, but I caught the condensed. I think that look, we, as documented last week on the show, we, we were having a real tough time of it. And, you know, we, we lost the last 10 or last 12 or whatever the number was. If usually you would have somebody like a Marcus Smart guarding Trey. When you got Kemba with a bad knee guarding Trey Young, he's going to go off and go mad. And we we would do some wins, um, to be honest. So uh, I think you guys caught us on a on a good night. Um, Boston needs to figure some stuff out, basically. Um, so, you know, it, they're, 
they're at a low point in their season um, and we're going to be on the incline, which is why you, know, you got the result that we got, basically. Yeah, so um, you, you alluded to it there. Obviously, they missed Marcus Smart, um, who will be back in mid-March. That is a lot of games down the road, though. And, you know, they don't really have anyone beyond Tatum and Brown. Um, it's, it's really tough. Thompson really hasn't worked out. Teague hasn't really worked out. And in the final game of this week, um, it became super apparent um, because they went up by 24 against the Pelicans. And then they got absolutely hammered in the paint. Zion. Like Zion just mm-hmm. turned it on. And like that, they, they were down 24. That team was beaten. Like, and I heard Bill Sims talking about it. Apparently, they looked like they were beaten. And, you know, like experienced teams don't let this happen. Um, it's important to note the this Boston, like the court, there's only five players uh left from that um Eastern Conference Finals run they had a few years back. Um they, they've had a lot of changes and yeah, they're, they're, it's not a team that play, plays plays in and out. Um, they got hammered by the paint. It ends up going to overtime and they lose. Um, so uh, it is concerning. They need to make some moves. They have got that big old trade exception. And we talked about some potential pieces for them last time. Uh, one of them I didn't mention um, was Thaddeus Young on my balls. Um, uh, love Thaddeus Young. Honestly, I think so many championship caliber teams should be looking around at Thaddeus Young and going, we need him. However, I don't know if the Bulls would give him up because he's incredibly important to them winning um, any games because he is essentially the backup centre. That's another story. Um, so, yeah, um, they need to look look, look, something, look for more. Um, and my biggest, my biggest concern with them, though, is is Brad Stevens' inability to do anything with the roster they've got. I think I think he should be doing better. Um, I think he's shown in the past he can do better. And I think especially from an offensive standpoint, like they they their their offense looks looks stagnant at times. Can I bring up a point about the offense, Bray? This is something that I found. So their transition offense has actually dried up. So they took 14% of their shots within the first six seconds through the first 16 games. Since then, it's dropped to 9.5%. Do you think this is, this is playing into this? Because obviously transition offense is normally easy opportunities, a chance to build points on the board. Um, and obviously your defense is rewarded, rewarding that transition. You're absolutely right. And um, it showed in the Pelicans game because there were times where they were bringing the ball up, uh, only getting over the half court with no pressure. They were just being slow. They're bringing, getting the ball over at 16 seconds. And then all of a sudden you have to go to Tatum or Brown with nine seconds left and just have them, you know, make a move, create something. And that's not good offense. Like you can't play like that. And it, it's really tough. I, I think Kemba doesn't help because he's a shadow of his former self. Um, he's not shot the ball well. He's really, really struggling. Um, but, you know, you, you've got to figure something out. You've got to put some schemes in. And then I would say Marcus Smart obviously still lends into it, not with his offense, but with his defense, as you say, getting those steals, getting those stops, and then allowing him to get out and run. Mark my words, guys. The next time we talk about the Celtics, Danny Ainge will have made a move. I'm pretty sure they're going to make a move. I'm I'm calling it now because Danny Ames is known for this and he's pulled off. I mean, he's hoodwinked Philly. You know, we should have had Tatum. So I think he's going to make a move. I'm hoping he does more stuff to talk about. Man, 
I'm hyped to talk about this team because I mean we're gonna we're gonna talk about this later. I mean he's looking smug again. Um, I don't want to give it to him, but yeah, the the Knicks. What a what a turnout! You know they're two and one this uh, this week. They're right around by the Celtics. Who's that, who's that loss against? Who's that loss against? Well, they had a postponed game, didn't they? And their loss against was was the Magic. But we're not talking about the Magic. Uh, just I'm just saying that, that I think no. Yeah, to be fair, should... the magic, the magic loss. It's an understandable loss. The magic went three and zero this week, so it's fine. It's an understandable loss. They lost against a much superior team, so it's fine. All right, but we're talking about the Knicks then. <laughs> so I need you to refocus. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Knicks. Yeah. So wins against the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, they lost against the Magic. Game postponed against the Spurs, and they beat the Timberwolves. So the 15-16 at the moment. Talks to be um, what's happening and why. So since we last spoke about the Knicks, which was nine games ago, they've gone six and three, which is quite, quite nice. And they are one game away from 500. So Boston, you better watch out because because we're coming for you. We're coming for you. Uh, the majority of this is down to their defense. They've got the second best defensive rating in the league. And when it does come to offense, it can be very hit and miss. They've had some quality in those last nine games. They've had some quality wins against Portland, Atlanta and Houston. And then they've had some losses back to back against the Heat, which is a bit disappointing and also lost to the Magic. So I'm not sure if it's just a Florida thing, but that's just been the Miami's... Miami's close close game games. against the Heat, though. They only lost by two. Yes, um, which is because on the second game, it does seem to... Most of these back-to-back games, when it's against the same opponent, the second game... If the first game was about the second game is always much closer and you expect the other team to win, but it was a bit disappointing then from Nick's perspective that they couldn't sort of get that win. And that's why I want to talk about their offense. Now that game came to the end and there was a possession. The end of game possession is an ISO play to Julius Randall. He drives base, like drives to the right and then shoots a floater, which uh, shoots a fadeaway, which wasn't the most efficient shot that you should be able to find. Surely you should be able to find something better. And the reason I bring that up is whenever I watch the Knicks, I just feel that they've got just so much ISO ball that their offense is just so standard. There's nothing exciting. There's nothing inventive. It's just so bog standard. Uh, I guess part of it is because Julius Randle is who the team revolves around. And ever since he's been in LA and even in New Orleans, I loved his his one-on-one play, his ISO play, you can give him the ball back to back to the basket. He needs to create something, which is what he proved during the Lakers, guys, because I felt he was his, the best Laker when that young core, when they had Brandon Ingram, Ingram when they had Lonzo, I felt he was their best player, just because he could do that. Although it would be quite interesting to see if you were to put all of them on the team now with Lonzo, Ingram, Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Um, that would be a really fun scene, team to see now. Russell, D'Angelo Russell. But anyway, getting sidetracked. Um how did we become a Laker dynasty, Lord Lord Johnson? <laughs> well, first we we get rid of the players who send inappropriate ravens. I was like, how oh, true was that? That is got that spot on. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah, so I wanted to check this out. Like, let me have a look at the stats. See um, how little, how ineffective their offense is, and they've got the second lowest assist rate in the league. Only Portland have got less. Um, so. It is a lot of iso ball and not necessarily a lot of ball movement. Um, and that's also why I think the Derek Rose trade is good for them because currently Julius Randle is leading their team with five and a half assists a game and second is Alfred Payton with 3.7. I mean, Julius Randle, he's cool and whatnot. He should not be your leading assist getter. He's not Jokic. He's not getting you 10 assists a game. Um, and most of Randle's assist is he's posting up and then 
whenever he gets a double team, he spots someone open, he'll lay it off to them. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to what Derek Rose can provide with more minutes and his ability to play make better than what else the Knicks have on their team. Interesting fact for the Knicks. This is crazy. So the Knicks are nine and six against teams with winning records and six and nine against teams with losing records. I mean, what can you pick from that? It's a team that plays hard. I know Bray will know this because Tibbs runs people into the ground. Um, but he's, he's a great coach and he, he gets the best out of his players but defensively anyway. Yeah, we've spoken before about the Knicks having the best uh, defensive three-point percentage in the NBA. And I guess when you can stop the big teams from getting their three-point shooters going, um, you have a great chance of winning. And they've proved it in various outings, as I mentioned previously, against the Clippers, etc. It helps a lot that they can stop these high-powered offenses, limit what they can do, and then try and grit and grind with Julius there in the middle and seeing what he can provide to the other players. Um, but I, I think that's it just because of how good they are defensively. It helps against those better teams. Let's cross that Brooklyn Bridge and head over to Nets, who are 4-0. and And um, I don't think it's going to be before long before they surpass my, my sixes. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit worried. <laughs> I'm a bit worried. Uh, they're looking scary. No KD as well. Uh, they have wins against the Kings, Suns, Lakers and Clippers this week. Jordan, it's looking. I mean, it's looking good. Your you, um, House of O3 is playing really well recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, man, scary is right. Like, I think if you look back, when we go back to that Pistons game, I think everyone can agree that was the turning point. When everyone saw, when they realised they'd lost to the Pistons, that was a massive turning point for them, and they turned on the Jets, literally, and... Right, if you're not scared, look out. Right now, uh, this last 10 games, they've gone six and four, which isn't too bad, but let's see who they've played. Like, uh, they beat the Clippers, 112-108. They've also beat the Lakers, 109-98. And they also beat the Suns. Now, the Suns game was an interesting one. The Suns game was insane. So they were down 21 at the half and then brought it back to win the game uh, 128-124 with a cold final shot from James Harden from the arc as well. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, they're saying that's been the biggest deficit game in their franchise history that they've come back and won. So, yeah, props to them, honestly. It's been so good. And can we mention the Clippers game as well? Again, Harden shows up with that defence <laughs> oh, to get the charge. No. You watch your we will get to that. We will get you to that. You watch your mouth. <laughs> Talk about defence. Getting in the way. Hey, we won the game. Oh, stop. <laughs> we won the game. Stop. You watch I'm, your mouth out with I'm <laughs> But speaking of their defence, you have to give them credit for that because they've come up, last time we spoke about it, they were 30th in overall defence. So last in the league. And now they've actually... Can only get better, George. George. <laughs> yeah, George. George, they gave that up... Jesus. Let the guy make his point. That, that, no, let the guy make, make his point, point, OK? Please. If it can only get better, it can still get better. I didn't... No one thought it was going to get better. They all thought it was going to be offence, me included. But they made a small improvement. They did yeah. enough to win Where? games. 
George. Where are they now? Huh? Where are they I now? I think they're in the top 20 right now. George, they gave up 123 to the Kings and 124 to the Suns. The Sun Kings? Oh my gosh. Shit <laughs> <laughs> um, dragon. I, um, I want to bring up a player that is in their rotation. He's actually started a couple of games. Bruce Brown. Okay, good yeah. minutes for him. He's only 6'4", mm-hmm. and he's one of only 10 players in the league who shoots 70% or better uh, in the restricted area and 50% or better in the paint, which is crazy for his size. Um, what have you seen from Bruce Brown? Um, I think basically just the effort which he's putting on the floor. I think that's been a key contributor to the games with the Nets like as previously mentioned in the previous games uh, in the last I think four games KD hasn't been present so to have the input which he's putting in uh, in each of the games like in the uh, uh, sorry Clippers game was it he put in 34 minutes shot 60% from the field uh, for a total of 13 points those put them um give the team a major boost so even which helps with the Nets overall strength so even when let's say KD and Kyrie are out the all the pressure isn't just on the remaining stars to be there so yeah he's been a big boost to the team. That's that's a big thing for the championship contenders and I've no doubt that the Nets will be down there but it's very much of can Jeff Green hit a shot when it really matters can they step up um, obviously, one of their stars is gonna, going to be open. You know, if someone's going to get an open shot, but can mm-hmm. their can their mat, can their keep a player in rotation make make a play off the bench? You know, can they win a 50-50 ball? That's really what, what I want to see from the Nets. So basically, as mentioned before, uh, key props from Harden for those assists, which I think everyone's worried about. But I think. Um, like as I mentioned before, like the key concern was their defense. So uh, to come back the way they did, and mainly, yeah, they haven't like I couldn't say they've completely fixed their defense overnight, mm. but the improvements have been there. And even without that, I think they've done to prove that they're still a threat, even though they're not like the team top um, defensive team in the league. They're actually the top um, team for scoring. So, yeah. Still a scary team. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, that wraps up Atlantic. We will take a short break and then we'll head to Pacific. Right, Pacific time. And it was just brought up that the Los Angeles Clippers played the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so instead of talking about how the Clippers are doing, I just want Ed and George to talk about that game last night and just have at it. Talk, talk to me about it. Anything to say for yourself? What do, what do you mean? I'm innocent, man. In the words of the great British philosopher, Mr. Junior Adenuga, what do you mean, what do you mean? Did you see the last play? Yeah, I saw the last play. Yeah, exactly. enough said, isn't it? What are you laughing for? What the fuck is that? won the game. No, I mean, it is what it is. Like, PG's, I think PG's still on the minutes restriction. Um, yeah. He didn't play... He, didn't play the first game against the Jazz, then played limited minutes second game against the Jazz. Although saying that KD was out as well, um, I did mention before how 
without Patrick Beverly, the Clippers give up a lot of points to guards because they just can't seem to defend them. Um, but recently, the Clippers have started to play Mr. Morris at centre, which is great offensively, but defensively, it does, it's not the most eff efficient thing, especially because their defence isn't particularly that good anyway. So I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. One, one, maybe Zubac hasn't taken the, the step that you would wanted him to take, maybe to be a bit better defensively, because th that's what they need that they've got enough for. They've got more than enough offence. Um, but in saying that, even looking at purely from free, PG and Kwai went 9 of 18 from 3. Great, 50%. But then everyone else on the team went 6 and 17. So you only really got 6 free points from everyone else on the team, which is a bit disappointing. You're hoping for a bit more production outside. I think there was only one other player in double digits against the Nets, who, as Jordan, we spoke about, their defense isn't particularly that good and they're arguably missing the most, their best defensive player in KD, if you were to say that. Mm. Um, so, I mean, a bit disappointing from the Clippers' perspective, but Kawhi should have got the last bucket and, yeah, Clippers should have won. Enough said. Yeah. But you, you have to admit it was smart because at the end of it they couldn't even challenge it because they used up all their challenges. So that was it. That was that was just unlucky. I think if, if you got the challenge call, then yeah, it probably would have been rewritten and then we could have been talking differently today. This is gonna go a little bit off topic. There's two things I want to talk about challenges. Firstly, it pisses me off so much when players go like this. Like, fuck off. The coaches are talking about, you don't need to do that. It pisses me off so much and then undermines the player if the coach doesn't choose to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, that's just something that really pisses me off. Secondly, they have a thing in the NFL where if you call a challenge and it's accepted, you don't get charged with timeout. I know it's the same in the NBA, but timeouts are a lot more important in the NFL than it is in the NBA. I believe that if you call a challenge and you get it correct, you should be able to keep that challenge. Because at the that's, end of the day, no, 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 you, you only get one challenge. Yeah, oh, really? I'm yeah. Um, and that's something that really annoys me because I'm correcting a mistake that the referees did. I should not be punished for that by not getting another challenge. I guess it is an added thing, but I just like the idea of, I know it, it could probably make the game slower and longer, but yeah. if you do get your challenge right, I know that, that's my thinking, but that's got nothing to do with the... But actually, no, I want to hear what you guys think. That's got nothing to do with it, but I just want to go think about no, challenge stuff. I, I agree with you. It's the same with every other sport, like in cricket and tennis, except mm -hmm. you get your challenge right, you get it back for free. Yeah. yeah but I mean, don't you think, like, if with that of the no challenges, you get it for free, then that'll just cause, like, more challenges and challenges? Like, look at Draymond Green. Could you imagine him? But <laughs> you still the challenge And how vocal he is. You still only get your one challenge, though. So if you get it wrong, then you lose it. It's gone. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mean, yeah. I, I think I need to get rid of them. Like, I, don't, my, I want my NBA game under two hours. I can't yeah. be sitting there for three. It's too yeah. long. Too you long. say that well, now. Yeah. You say that now until you get an awful decision go against you and then you'll just there's still, there's still, as we saw in this game that we are literally talking about, they're still blowing calls anyway. So exactly. it's not like removing the challenge is going to make a wild amount of difference. I don't think it really is. I just like the idea of not being punished for getting something right. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. I think they're kind of in the middle with both of it. I agree, Bray, that I think things should be quicker. But the, but the games are like already slow. So if they're in mm. this review phase or, yeah, or if it forever yeah. then it needs to be at least correct um and they need they, so i just think that they're kind of in a middle ground with it and it kind of sucks both ways so i just think they need to pick side and go all the way instead of being offensive mm. 
let's let's talk about the Clippers. So, well, you spoke about Morris. He actually had 26 points in the first half against the Heat. And then Zubac has actually had a really good week. He had 22 points, eight rebounds against the Heat. Uh, and then also against the Nets, he had 13 points and eight rebounds. He's putting up solid numbers for a big man. But the player I'm going to talk about is Lou Will. Six men like Lou Will. Two girls, then they get along like a... Lou Will. So in the last six games, he's averaging 21.7 points per game. That being said, no Kawhi uh, and no PG. Um, he's got a true shooting percentage of 66%. Uh, obviously, he really struggled last night. But how important is he to this team and about him recapturing his old form that we we briefly spoke about before? So at the start of the year, I was kind of dogging Lou Will and be like, yeah, he's not what he was because last year he didn't necessarily turn up like you would like him to turn up in the playoffs and when the Clippers really needed someone to stand out. And it was fair to assume then he may have been past it because, I mean, he's, kind of, he's late, well, mid to late 30s. Um, now, with Kawhi and PG being out, it does feel like this was the old Clippers team that made it to the, what was it, the eighth or the seventh seed a couple of years back and were able to grind out those results against those more, um, those better teams, better equipped teams. So you do like to see that sort of production from Lou Will. But now it's all about how long he can maintain it for and picking up the slack when maybe Kawhi and, Kade, uh, Kawhi and PG Easy. need some help on the offensive end. But again, the offense isn't their biggest issue is trying to be consistent on defense. I think they've got the second best offense in the league and they're middle of the pack when it comes to defense and defense does win championships. No matter what you say, defense mm. will. That was always the thing about the Warriors. Like, although the offense was amazing, it was the defense that kept them in games more often than not. That is where they need to solidify where they're at. They've got great wing defenders, but at the one and at the five, they could be a bit better. Pat Beverly coming back helps them a lot, but I get your point about Lou Will and it's definitely nice he's getting this sort of production when now, but we'll see what happens in the playoffs and how their defence does. I'm hoping he comes back, man. That's, that's, that's our boy, Wildy. That's our boy. Wildy uh, said we earlier when talking about Philly. I just want to just wanna oh, note that. Just, like, just say it into just, existence. All these haters talking about my bias, you know? Let's, let's just do it. Let's just talk. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Wildy and talk about his second team that he's going to talk about, and that's the Phoenix Suns. And that's right, Bray, you guessed it. The Chris Paul experiment. There you go. Chris Paul experiment, 19 and 10 so far, two and one this week. Suns are playing really good basketball, and you can definitely tell the leadership that Chris Paul has, had, what effect it has on this team. So, Wally, well, speak to me about the Suns. Yeah, it's fantastic. Since you teed me up about Chris Paul, Let's start with him. Um, he passed the big O, Oscar Robinson, uh, in all-time assists. He's now six uh, of all-time in assists, which is awesome. Um, no one will ever catch Stockton, but um, he's, uh, it's great for him to be as high up as he is on that list. Um, yeah, he's playing amazing. Uh, I think the biggest, uh, the best case of his leadership came against the Pelicans. Um, you know, he only took 11 shots, but he can dictate, dictated the the whole flow of that game uh yeah he got 19 assists and 15 points um was the main reason that they won that and he, he's just an orchestrator to help them win that game which was amazing um another piece of history uh from the suns uh it was first time they had a 30 point lead at the half on the road against memphis so that's really cool and um, that's another another thing credited to chris Paul's leadership is that you know even against because in that game nobody 
particularly had like a standout game um, on the roster of the Suns, but yet they won a game easily because they controlled the game, they controlled the tempo, and that's that's a winning team and a winning chemistry where if you can have these games in in sort of a in a condensed season like this where you're going to have some some nights where quite frankly you get bored and you play as many games as they do but you can still pull out wins like that with nobody getting particularly hot then it's just impressive and it's going to guarantee you some success and getting into the playoffs Chris Paul um, sick full time and assist but do you know what else he's part of? Steals. he's part of my stat line of the week oh no <laughs> okay cool so, Chris Paul, in the Pelicans' win, he had 15 points, four rebounds, 19 assists. Yes, 19 assists, two steals and one block. And you asked how many turnovers did he have? He only had two. Yeah. That is my start of the week. Boy knows how to take care of the basketball. It's just, he is a true point guard. Um, and it's just fantastic how he can affect the game with so few shots. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, can I can, yeah. I can I stay on Chris Paul, Wildy? Yeah, There's a question I want to ask you because you brought up he's six all time in assists. He passed the big O. Where does he rank for you in terms of PGs? And I can open open this up to the uh, to the wider group. I would love to hear your thoughts. Is he on the Mount Rushmore? If we look at it from from a scope, you've got Magic, IT, he's definitely Isaiah Thomas, there. Isaiah Thomas, really yeah. under undervalued. Absolutely you know right. where where does he fit? Steph. Yep, Steph's going to be there. Do you know? Do you know what it is, right? Ed, Alfred Payton. <laughs> no, Michael Carl Williams. That's not what it is. That isn't what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's exactly what it is. Well, um, <laughs> no, I think Ed made the not the he said it in full, but Isaiah Thomas. He actually steals that 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 little guy's spot on the Mount Rushmore um, because he's got the championships and Chris, unfortunately. Um, as as you well pointed out in your comparison to Chris Brown, Alex, a couple of weeks ago, um, that he's got those smudges on his career in the playoffs, which means that I don't think, you know, Mount Rushmore is four guys. That's hard to get on. Um, and I, Isaiah takes, is, is, takes that spot that Chris Paul uh, may one day be entitled to, but doesn't look like it's going to be uh, given at this point in his career. I love this discussion. I think there's three names in stone. IT, Magic, and Steph Curry, which leaves one more. So yeah. you've got Chris Paul, you've got maybe, if you want to say Steve Nash, you've got maybe Straight Jason Kidd. Ed, you've Ed got, do, you know, uh, do you know what's an incredible point? Is the fact that this is the most popular position in the NBA, and yet we're still struggling to find that next person, that the person to fill that spot. You know, that's, I think that's really interesting. That, yeah, I mean... I just want to know who you guys will put in the last one because I think those three are in I'm not sure if you guys would disagree. You've got John Stockton, you've got Chris Paul, you've got Russell Westbrook. You could say Russell Westbrook. You could say Oscar Robertson's in there. Mm. You could say Damian Lillard's in there. Uh, you could say... Uh, LeBron James. Loves it. I, I mean, who do you guys think? LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> um, I mean... <laughs> John, John Stockton edges Chris Paul for me at the moment just because... Mm. He's been to the finals multiple times. Yeah, you know his productivity I, is is second to none. But yeah, I, I personally think it's John Stockton um, until and then, until proven otherwise. That, that so are you just basically rating them based on what they can put on their not 
not their stat lines, but their, you know, experiences of how deep they've gone to the finals and, and championships they've won instead of mainly what they do and their mentality on the court. Because if you That's look around, point. like even Alex mentioned it before and, and you said it yourself, like the way he contributes to the team and you can and the difference he makes on the court isn't, wouldn't you say that isn't enough to put him like high up there or yeah. is it just all about rings and chips? Well, I, I, I think, think it's up there, to... George, because, hey, look, we're talking about it, but I just think that yeah. if you look at, as I said, again, it's four guys and if you're, you've really yeah, got, when you're talking about only four, you know, we we sound like ourselves like nitpicking this much about, you know, somebody as great as Chris Paul, but when you get that great, the the different the margin of difference between each guy becomes so tiny that you have to nitpick to make a decision on it. So if we change the question, then sorry to like but so if you're just talking about this generation, then so two oh. thousands onwards, is he up there? Does he make that list? Hundred percent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's number two. He's number two on that list. Yeah. Behind Steph. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're like, we're, I suppose Nash and Kid, you know? You yeah, Nash, Kid, Russell. George, uh, I, I will say this though. He's, for me, he's the best floor general of all time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's he's number one in that, in that area. Mm. You know, what his impact on the court, like you said, is second to none. Like you said, it doesn't come up in rings, but the Suns team, bearing in mind they were the eighth seed and they had a massive run, they're 19 and 10. That's extremely impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're uh, missing Booker for um, yeah, for a couple of weeks there as well. Um, and they held, you know, they held it down. Um, and they, yeah. they won uh, 11 of their last 13 games. They're, they're, they're hot right now. Yeah. And and Frank the Tank is uh, starting your boy. Frank man, yeah, yeah. Four threes again the other night. Oh, man. Like, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, this, it's great. This team has got... the perfect guy to have with Chris Paul. This team has got a lot of guys that you want to root for like especially when you look down your bench like you've got Galloway um we spoke about Saric you've got yeah. Frank the Tank you've got Bridges. Uh, Bridges as well these are players that are like they're emerging and behind the leadership of, of CP3 but yeah Absolutely. Gr great conversation about CP3 let's uh, this is going to be a tough one uh just just bear with it you know you know the patience down hopefully we're getting back Sacramento Kings, um, Bray, talk to me. Um, it's about to get a bit salty in here because Sacramento Kings, um, <laughs> 0-4 this week. They're on a seven-game losing streak. They've lost to the Sixers, the Magic, the Grizzlies, the Nets, the Heat, the Bulls, and the Bucks. Um, it's, it's dire, to be honest. Um, they are a wildly inconsistent team. They, they literally, just before this, like ripped off this winning streak they won like six or seven or something and now they're like they've they've lost the last seven so it's just it's ridiculous they they just don't have the talent um they are just such a mediocre team like do you know when the lot when the last time the, the kings made the playoffs was anyone it brought this we, up yeah we yeah, spoke about this we spoke about this no 2006 2006 2006 they've the longest drought you know, yet in the last 12 years, do you know how many top 10 picks they've had? Top 10? Top 10 picks in the last 12 years. 12. No, but I, I bet you it's less than that, isn't it? It's 11. No, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're in there more or less every year. Yeah. Let me let me take you through who, the, who in, in twelve years, oh, twelve no. years, who have they been picking? They had Kyrie, Kyrie Evans at number four back in two thousand and nine. I, I guess some of these. Yeah, they had the Marcus Cousins in two thousand and ten. They had Bismack Biombo in two thousand and eleven. This guy, I bet you all remember this guy, Thomas Robinson, at um, number five in two thousand twelve from Kansas. Yeah, who is he? <laughs> just like they had Ben Macklemore, Nick Stauskas, Willie Cauley. Stauskas is a Stauskas. The mediocrity. The only one you look at and go, oh, that was a decent pick. Was like was Fox, and like that was the fifth pick. They had Collins the same year at ten. Well, He's not on the team anymore. Oh, Boogie, Boogie, Boogie was a beast. Yeah, Boogie, Boogie and Fox. Yeah. Boogie and beast. Fox. Boogie was a beast on that team. Yeah, Boogie was. Boogie was. And uh, in 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 2019, they did the, the one year they didn't have a lottery pick. It's because they didn't have it. They sent it to Philadelphia for a salary dump because they built their team so poorly. That's that's Sam Hinkie. Gaddy. <laughs> Jesus. Like, honestly. Yeah, no. But Vladdy Divac. He's a great rookie this year. Vladdy Divac. Halliburton is, is banging. Okay. Halliburton is really good. Um, and they, they actually did a good job by, by taking the best available player, even though they've got, like, guys yeah. in the position. Because they've got healed and they've got Fox. So a lot of teams would go, oh, we don't want Halliburton because we've got our guys. But they made the right decision on that. Um, he's going to be he's going to be really good, I think, um, but not on the Kings. They need to trade him immediately, or he needs to get out of there immediately because that's where people go, stars go to die. And honestly, this is a franchise that is just bounded mediocrity. It has been for so many years. There was an opportunity, a, a sniff, a few years ago, where an ownership group from Seattle were going to buy them. They were going to buy the Kings and move them to Seattle, and everyone was like, "Thank God for this." Because we'll finally be able to have a team that we can care about. I'm sorry, Kings fans. I feel bad for you because it's just bloody terrible. They've got no identity as a team. Like, they just literally, they're like the 10 seed or the 12 seed every single year. All like, right, 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 right. All right. Okay. I'm a, listen, let me, I'm going to go positive and then we can go back to negative. So, funny enough, I actually have a another stat line of the week from a Kings player and that is Daquan Jeffries all right 17 minutes 17 points six for six from from that field goal five for five for threes only had one turnover one foul that's pretty good that, that was a, a positive point the, the Aaron Fox this week mm, 18 points per game nine assists one and a half steals you're thinking oh that's really good he shot 16% from three 16 um, do you think he's being defended differently? What, what, how can we, how can he improve to get back to that production that potentially was going to put him as an, an all, all-star break? I mean, I think like teams are just realising like this team does not have a lot of talent. Like if they're, they're, they're not a good defensive team, so you don't even need to come in hot. And if you can lock down their best players, it's going to be an easy win. Um, you know, like, they, they've got, I think it's Rashawn Holmes who's got his weird little floater bunny shot, which is mm. like this weirdly efficient thing that he's got going and he shoots like six of them a game and makes like five. But like, they've just not really, they've not got not got enough talent. They've not got enough outside shooting. Um, they've, you just don't, you look up and down the roster and there's no one who you go, oh, that guy's getting a bucket. Um, um, 
you know, I, I like Fox. Yeah, he, he's just been the, the focal point um, of a lot of teams. And to be fair, look, let's look in their last seven games. They've had some tough matchups in there. Sixes, that's always going to be a tough, tough one. The Nets, the Heat, the Bucks. Like, yeah, like fair enough. Um, you, with the with the roster they've got, you don't expect them to win it. But that's where my biggest my biggest problem is. It's not with the guys out there because I think a lot of those guys would just be better on other teams. Right. <laughs> I think mm. it's that they've got they've got no culture, they've got no identity. You know, you look at the the Knicks this year have cut like Tibbs has just stamped his name all over it. He's like, we are going to be the like they are the best defense in the league. They're just like with that they've got their league. identity. Yeah, everyone goes all out every night, um, and they they've got someone to install a scheme there that everyone's bought into. And they haven't been able to do that with the Kings. Um, you know, I don't know if they 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 will ha- they would have to get someone incredible in. Like you have to be looking to like poach Masai from from Toronto in order to turn that around. Not on the serious. You need like uh like like someone like Jerry West, someone with with. There are only a few people in 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 and around the league who can install um you know the culture. Not, yeah, cul- yeah, and you know like you look at Pat Riley, you look at these kind of storied people um and there are a, a fair few franchises out there it's not just the kings who you know ha- had it in the past and lost it don't have it now or in some cases have never had it we're going to finish on the kings but just before we move on to the warriors in that king's heat game bam and jimmy butler both had triple doubles okay they're the only duo in history to have multiple triple doubles in the same game which i thought was nuts so i just need a one a one you know quick answer who is the best duo in the league right now we're going to go around with gms just go quickly uh pg and kwai pg kwai okay i thought you were going to go mc dub boots and i was like no you dare right yeah go next Bron and AD. It's got to be Bron and AD. Cool. AD's injured. No, what? That's fine. What? Injured. <laughs> Go on, Marty. Oh, right. Um, hey, man. we got to give a shout to the Jazz. Go there and Donovan. Cool. Enjoy. This, this season, if you're asking me about this season, they're one of the best duos. The, the screen assists from Go Bear. There's a lot of that coming from Donovan's score. Yeah, I'll probably go Bron and AD as well. Embiid oh, and Simmons. They were massed up. Thank you. Thank you. I think uh, they're I don't, I don't know about that. That's like, you know, Valentine's Day turned up with a card and flowers. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Okay. Matt, let's, let's, let's stay in that. I like that positivity. And we are going to go to a team which is having a positive year. Uh, two and two this week, 16 and 15 overall. The Warriors. Um, rekindling some of that championship form, maybe? Yeah, they've been doing all right. Of late. Um, they're obviously two and two this week. And to be honest with you, the two defeats that they had were very narrow ones. Um, so, But we'll get to those in a second. Let's just first cover that game against the Cavs in which they absolutely trounced them. Curry got 16 points in the first quarter, 24 by the half. You finished with 36 points. And Draymond Green 
gets 16 assists, tying his career high. Did you see Curry's move on Osman, Matt? You see him dancing on him? Yeah. Steph has been ridiculous of late, to be honest with you. And then that followed up in the game against the Heat as well. Even though we had a terrible night shooting, he still makes like two clutch three-point shots in the last 90 seconds of overtime. So they won that game 120-112 to in OT, even though they trailed by like 19 points in the first half. And then, obviously, they lost against the Magic, which was a narrow defeat. They trailed by about seven with about a minute to go. Curry, again, hits two clutch three-point shots just to get them within a chance of uh, taking it to overtime. And then he misses the contested three right at the end, which doesn't usually happen. But I'm putting that defeat down to the fact that obviously Vucevic um, gets a triple-double. And Fournier scores something like twenty-eight points as well. He listened and, to the podcast. He listened to the he listened to Benoit chat. That was a great yeah. podcast. Um, so, like, yeah, Vuc- Vucevic thirty-point triple double, Fournier twenty-eight points, and I think that result can be put down to the fact that um, the Warriors have been missing both Looney and Wiseman of late, and they could have done with those big men to help out Ed. Stop pulling faces. You know it's true. Yeah, it's, it's not your time. Do you want me to go over the Magic's injuries? No. Carry on. No. We're not talking about the Magic. <laughs> yeah, the Magic, was it next week? I might just take them off the billing. Anyway, go on, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So the, it's they've missed Looney and Wiseman. They've not been playing without a big man for how long now? Like a good, a good few weeks. And they really could have done with one against the Magic, against someone who is as good as Vucevic. And then the Hornets, that, again, I think that was the one where they kind of threw it away. Jump ball. Um, I'm not. Yeah. They obviously yeah, led by Draymond. two points. The team they led by two. Yeah, they led by two points and then Draymond just gets himself ejected. The Hornets hit the two free throws and then Terry Rozier just hits his second buzzer beater of the game. That was a brutal defeat, but... It's Terry, not- Terry! It's nothing to be concerned about in terms of the season. Like, if you're going to lose two games, they're not a bad way to lose games. It's like a whole grand scheme of things. Crazy in that Magic game, the Warriors had a massive comeback and they led by 13 with 8.50 hmm. to go. And then Magic just went on a tear. Um, 30, 31 to, to 14 the rest of the way. With, with Draymond, uh, I want to speak to him. Obviously, he apologised because he felt like he threw the game and it is a bit annoying. You're getting technicals during a key moment. I know it's it's passion, but it's a bit it's a big mess up. But he spoke to the media about the double standards of players being scrutinised, asking for trades, um, but then having to be respectful when they're on the trade block. And I just wanted to open out to you guys what your thoughts on that. Do you think it's a fair thing to say? Um, are you against it? Are you for it? I think he's right. Just it's not the right, like the right situation right now with the players that he's talking about. Like they're they're basically like they've come to they, they these players have come to agreements. It's probably in their best interest not to play. Like Drummond's been but not been playing well. His he, his trade value is higher if he doesn't play. He understands that, and no, he's not going to be there. And it's it's a bit of a dick move for them to just like trade for Jared Allen and just move on from him. But like apart from like that's that's not, you know, I don't think that's that's too bad. I mean, and then you compare it to what James Harden did. James Harden did. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that um it's like a delicate situation. Um 
James Harden like really kind of melded in um, and wasn't really giving us all while he was still mm-hmm. there, uh, which is kind of human nature. You kind of expect that. The difference is, is that the, the, the team is still going to be paying him whether he's playing or not. So it, I, I understand the whole double double standard aspect of it in the way he, he's seeing it. But also I think that what the Cavs did wasn't, I don't think that was bad. I think it's just an accumulation of, you know, bad stories of guys getting pulled off the court or they're, you know, being traded halfway through the game and then not knowing. I think just Draymond used the opportunity to uh, use his platform to, to talk about it uh, because it came up because of the Draymond situation. Um, so to because he, he made a point of bringing up previous uh, previous moves by organisations that upset him. So I, I don't think it was necessarily the Cavs thing so much. I just think that because it was re- it was a recent topic that he used it to air some frustrations of previous tra- uh, previous uh, moves by organisations. Matt, Matt, what do you think about it? Obviously, this is your team. Draymond saying what he says. Do you agree with it? I think he's got a point, yeah. Um, pretty much just echoing that what Bray was saying. Like, it does obviously benefit some players, really, like Drummond's the perfect example. Yeah, uh, I think he's definitely got a point, but yeah, it's he obviously made that mistake the other night, and he's obviously he's a, vo- he's a very vocal person, as Jeremy Green always has been. He's always going to come out and say these sorts of things in the media, but I do agree with him on this time. Moving back to the Warriors, uh, Eric Pascal playing really well for this squad. He had 14 points, eight rebounds in the Cavs win. He had 11, seven and three off the bench in the Heat game. Do you think there's a potential chance he might step into the starting lineup or do you think he's, he's probably better benefiting off the bench and helping that second unit? I think he's better off the bench, to be honest. Um, he's obviously made some great contributions of late, but yeah, in terms of just the Warriors' balance as a team and how much poorer they are when like Steph isn't on the court as well and stuff like that. It's it's good that they've got someone like Pascal who's stepping onto the court and can help out with that really as well. Um, especially when you look at other players like Wiggins and Ubre who are very inconsistent. Um, they can obviously like drop like 25, 30 points one game and then just like nothing the next. So the fact that you've got Pascal who's a much more consistent player of late, I think it benefits just kind of staying and if it ain't broke, don't fix it with him at the moment. Point. Also, another another thing I wanted to bring up with the Warriors, a couple of games back, they have a guy starting in their lineup called Toscano Anderson. And there was a viral clip where ball he dished the ball to Steph on the other wing and he just started running the other way because he knew it was in. I just think that's a really cool angle and shows how, how I think how likeable Steph is as a, as a yeah. personality as well as how insane the shooter is so that's really cool so the Los Angeles Lakers did they have a Valentine's hangover you know did they get caught cheating with, with one of their people because Jaw they're they're one and two this week you know Ooh, is there is the is the wagon falling off you know Ed's, Ed's covering the camera. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. The Lakers, this is the probably one of the only times they're going to have a under 500 record when we review them. One and two this week, 22 and nine overall. Jord, 
still feeling good about the Lakers? You still feeling good about the uh, the um, Yeah, I'm I'm still feeling good. I'm still feeling good. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we've 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 hit a speed bump, you know. Um, but um, I'm hoping we can get back. Obviously, it's not as comfortable as we would like to be. Um, because we're starting to pick up quite a few uh, industries, injuries throughout the roster. Um, Obviously, Anthony Davis goes out. Um, He's expected to be gone for like four weeks uh, from the injury to his calf. So that's that's a big knock. That's the big knock to the team there. And also, uh, we lose players such as Dennis Schroeder as well. But we also see some common day-to-day injuries, which is game-time decisions for LeBron and Carl Kuzma. So it seems to be whittling its way through the list of, of our depth chart. And um, it it's getting a little bit nerve-wracking, but I think... Um, I think we can still pull it off. Um, as when um, Anthony Davis went out, LeBron said himself, it just means that I need to pick it up. But with him on that list as well, it just we'll just have to see how much he pushes his body for that. Uh, like you mentioned, in the last couple of games, they did lose out to the Heat on that as well in, in the shock and loss. But yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here, really. Milestone for the King, passing 35,000 points. Mm-hmm. George, do you think he's gonna beat Kareem? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My 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 okay. my pool is in LeBron. He he's going for it. He's going all the way. I I don't care what anyone else says. I, he how can how can you doubt him? Right? <laughs> I, think I, I think he's he's waiting until his son joins the league because That's that would be ask. yeah. I, I think oh, that I that would be an amazing moment. Can I ask a follow up? What do you think if LeBron could choose one? Would it be to play in the league with his son or to get to they or to beat Kareem? Oh, playing the league with his son. Yeah, I think so he's going to do both anyway. He's literally. No, just, he's if you were going to say, if you were going to say a chip, I thought you were going to say championship. Yeah. Oh, three. You can put yeah. three in there. A championship, his son, or beating Kareem. Or oh, if you can only have one, if you're LeBron, championship. He's going to get all three of those. Just I think a fucking I still question, say boy. If he has <laughs> I think he will go for his son. <laughs> I mean, Bob's, oh. Bob's out here choosing. Not he's not out here choosing, um, but I think he probably he probably choose his son because like yeah, outright. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're we're gonna we're gonna see that in Space Jam for sure. I think Kareem's yeah. the last on that list because <laughs> yeah. nobody says Kareem is better than LeBron anymore. Well, anymore anyway. So it's like he doesn't need to surpass Kareem to win that argument. It's just him and MJ. Oh, can't wait until it's over. There's going to be so many discussions when it's all said and done. But yeah, so you've got their their win comes against the Timberwolves. Not really, you know, that great of a win. Uh, They they barely passed them. The next game, Nets won pretty comfortably. We saw a great play from Kyrie where he faked the handoff, turnaround jumper. One of his patented moves. And then the Heat, Caruso misses a shot at the buzzer to potentially send it into overtime. Um, from from their slide, do you think it's the fact that they're missing Anthony Davis? He is having a down year. Or do you think it's the, the point of their bench and their, you know, the players that they've acquired not stepping up? Um, I think 
So the way I'd see it in these situations, like I'm not going to pretend like I know everything, but I feel like when you have a team who've got strong players, strong starters, who are comfortable with lifting, I do feel like um, the bench players or the rest of the teams can get comfortable with that or um, may feel get a bit lax. You know, I think you've seen this evidence in the past, like um, with the Warriors team, for example, where Clay passed the ball to Steph and he already started running back on defense and <laughs> Steph didn't make the shot. So um, I think it's the point where they kind of settled into those roles of being in the back seat. But now that um, like AD and kind of the other star players are getting knocked out and can't perform as much now they're like oh I've got to I've got to actually pick it up and and perform now and then they've got to try to like form something together to actually perform and get what they need to get the victories um yeah so I think we are going to see that with Kuzma especially um because he I felt like before like the AD came in he was turning into that star player on the Lakers and then obviously AD came in and then he had to drop back into the bench position and stuff like that and now he's now AD's out maybe he'll get um, more minutes and now he has to pick it up and bring up that sack so it's these drastic changes which are happening but we'll see um, from what I hear they might be looking at bringing on uh, bringing in another player but I'm not sure how um solid that is but we'll see I heard Boogie as well and if mm. anybody can recruit it'll be LeBron Le GM <laughs> yeah should we should we head to the leaderboard yeah let's do it there's there's um we're gonna go top to bottom because I sense it's a little bit of salt yeah uh, from somebody so yeah we're just we're just gonna wait until the last moment so at the top spot House Lasky 108 wins, 74 losses. He is at 59%. Played 182 games. Best team, Jazz. Worst team, Magic. House of 03, second. Also had a really good week for you guys. You're up to 55%, so you've closed that gap um, by actually 2%. You're 181, and you played 181 games, so just one less than Ed. In third place... Still in third place is one bar Wildy. My man. 85 and 93. You're at 47%. Nearing 48. You've played 178 games. You've still got the Philly cheesesteak sandwich as your teams. Yeah. And you've got Lancashire Land Beer. Matt, fourth, fourth place, uh, holding on to that spot. Your best team is the Denver Nuggets, but the Warriors and Raptors are also closing in on that. Uh, you're 81 and 95 with 176 games played. But now there's a 5% gap at the bottom because Bray has really dropped off here. He's he's 73 and 105 at 41%. He's played 178 games. So when he was complaining about how many games less he played, it's really caught up to him now. Discuss how we feeling. I'm disappointed in the Celtics, the Pacers and the Heat. Because I went, easier conference, we'll just get the teams who are going to be sat at the top of that, and they're not. And everyone's at 500, which means they can't make up for the absolute shit show that is the Kings and the um, uh, Timberwolves. Um, now, 
you know, we all were, we already, I was basically locked into those picks and we knew they were going to be bad. Um, I messed up on the Rockets. I messed up on the Rockets. That's all I can right, say. Right, right. Um, I'm going to say this now. You might potentially end up with the West, the three worst teams in the West. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think I will. I think I'll have the three worst teams in the West, in the, in, in the West and three middling teams in the East, which doesn't really work out, does it? <laughs> and, and your Bulls might beat the Heat. Oh, Let's remember that then, as well. Um, that's, that's not happening. I'm telling you that's not happening. Um, They've got a tied that, record. That, Same that, record. That, Zach Levine should be, should be an all-star over Jimmy Butler. We, we will get to that. We will get to that. Um, Sorry, I feel I feel bad for Bray not going on. Like all the shit he was speaking about Sacramento, he's not even their worst team. Like his worst team just sacked their coach, so it shows you where they're at. Like hopefully you get a new gaffer bounce, but it doesn't feel like Timberwolves got anything going. Well, I mean, Carl is back. Cat is back. Interesting point. I don't know if you guys saw um, Dane tweet. Um, yes. It, so it's, it's controversial. Um, we we said props to the guy because he's part of the McNair school. Um, he's British, um, but yeah, but I think yeah, he's from the British. Yeah, school, yeah. and um, but Dane tweeted obviously saying David Vanderpool that he should have had the job. Basically, um, he was in Portland with Dane. Um, he's like really highly respected around the league by all the players, um, and highlights the um, the inequalities in coaching front office that the NBA has at the moment, which is something that they need to sort out uh, given the, the makeup of the league. I I do get it, but. I don't think the Timberwolves are there like, oh no, Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum said we should have hired this guy. We're going to hire this guy. Like, uh, that was just I, I, my one it, thinking when I saw it. He's on their staff. They've got him there. Like, it, it was a, you know, it, it should the point was it should have been a no-brainer to give him the opportunity and for some reason they didn't. Um, I think he will get an opportunity though because mm. we look around the league, we look at, you know, teams like the, like the Kings and there might be some opportunities coming up there. <laughs> So that sums up week 10 for Sixth Man with Division Discussions. So on Thursday, coming up this week, is going to be the announcement of the All-Star Reserves. Now, we've had the All-Star starters, so we thought, you know, why don't we do something different? Why don't we try and collaborate together to try and guess all of the starters from each conference? So the format we are going to do is because there's six of us and there's seven picks on each conference, we will each pick a player and then the last pick will be the, decided by all of us. Um, there'll be de debates throughout. Um, but yeah, that is the process that we're going to do. And we're going to start in the Western Conference. And with the first pick, uh, with a front court pick, is Matt Harris. So take away with your pick, please. Uh, for my first pick, I am going to go to the centre position. I'm going to select someone who actually 361 days after he touched a few microphones and shut the league down, it will be quite a nice turnaround if this man is selected for the All-Star game. And that is Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. I think we're, we're all in agreement with that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone happy with that? Okay. Yeah. Great pick. So I'm up next. I've also got a front court and I'm going to be pairing Rudy Gobert with PG, Paul George. So Paul George is averaging 24 points per game. He's 51% field goal, 48% from three and 91% from three and throw. So 50, 40 and 90. Uh, and he's also got a career high 5.5 assists per game. 
Clippers are 22 and nine. So that's my reasoning. Okay. Everyone happy with that? Yeah, man's been in Fuego. Nice. Okay. All in agreement so far. This is good. So, Ed, you have the third front court spot. Who will you be taking? Yes, sir. Uh, so, funny enough, actually, I had my one, two, three of options I wanted. Um, Rudy and PG were definitely on there. And the third person I'm taking there is from the Los Angeles Lakers. And although he's not having a year like he was, like he did last year or was had previously he is still putting up all-star numbers and is an important part of the los angeles lakers and that is the brow anthony davis he's averaging 22 and a half points a game he's got um he's got just under nine rebounds a game and is still putting up those defensive efficiencies that you like to see on the lakers and we all know that the lakers are based on their defense and anthony davis is a big part of it everyone good with that Absolutely. No complaints. Very God, this is nice. This is very smooth. Wait till we Wait get till to the east. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So, Bray, you're up next. You've got the first card spot. Who yeah. are you picking? Um, this is another easy one. It's Bang. He should have been a starter. Um, yeah, he's not really no arguing. He's been he's been incredible. Um, I am excited though, um, because obviously AD being injured, um, I think that gives us another opportunity. To discuss amongst ourselves a replacement, so I look forward to yeah. looking back on that. Very good point. Yeah, yes. very. I've yeah, very good point. We will be discussing that. Are we all happy with uh, Dame time? Of course. Yes. If, if anyone good. said anything, they're about to meet a lot of resistance there. George, yeah, George's not being friends with someone. <laughs> if, if they, oh my goodness, if they, George, <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay. I'm gonna take a breath. It's okay, to take a break. it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's um, okay. You need to compose yourself because you've got the next pick, my brother. Next pick. You're a guard spot as well. Yeah. Oh, see, I was going to, I was, I was going to go Dame uh, straight up, um, but obviously that was taken. So I think for my pick, I will go for Come on, George. Murray, Jamal Murray. Ooh. Okay, we, we might have to go. Incoming call from Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is calling me. Hold on. Donovan? <laughs> yeah, give me a I think George just stole the wild card pick from me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with somebody that's more obvious. <laughs> well, we, we, can, we can discuss this. I also, I don't think that's the one. We... I, okay. I think it. I think. I think it should be Mitchell. We'll, we'll stick to the format. No, we'll stick to the format. No, we'll, stick to, format. We'll, stick, we'll stick to the format. Murray is okay. locked in. We'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, Jay Wild, you got the wild card. Absolutely. Um, so this is a wild card pick. I am going with Demand Rosen. I I love what he's been doing. I love what he's been doing. I think he's a really good player. I think if you're looking at wildcard stuff, Spurs have overachieved for the team they have, and people are thinking that that yeah, they're not worth they're not worth discussing. Um, because he's not a hard player, he doesn't shoot threes. Um, I think he's somebody that, that overachieves for expectations, basically. Um, and if you're you're looking, I don't necessarily think a lot of people think he's a snub, but if you want to look at wildcard guys. Um, I think he'd be a really interesting pick. It's going so well, wasn't it? I see a lot of disgruntled faces. Okay, so we have to choose as a team 
who we think gets the final wildcard spot. Uh, does anybody want to lead it off? Because there's so many players that you can pick. I, I personally, I, my opinion is it has to be Donovan Mitchell, but it feels like to have na- neither Chris Paul or Devin Booker is very tough. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't turn away Donovan. So yeah. I would, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's got to be Donovan for that final spot. Um, and we do have um, an injury replacement. Um, we have a little bit of leeway here. I I think it should be Chris Paul, but you're asking me for mm, a wild card. I'll I, give you a wild card. <laughs> so, Bray, that's a fair point. However, all the players we're discussing are all backcourt players and none of them are frontcourt players. Um, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got a point of who I think should replace him. Zion. The reason, and I've got I've got reasons, is because he's he's 25 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, 3.18 uh, assists per game, and he's doing it in 30 in under 33 minutes, and he's 62% from the field. That's that's my replacement for AD. That's why I think he should be picked. Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, of the of the forwards, are there any other honorable honorable mentions um, or, or people who have been there? Where does Bi fit into that? Is it Bi over Zion? Like, which one would you have from, from the Pelicans? I, I think I'd have Zion. I haven't watched enough Pelicans to know. I mean, I suppose like you see, you know, you you hear more from Zion. Like, and let's be honest, it's the All Star game. It's not all the NBA. It's more of a popularity contest, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I'm, um, I'm happy with Zion as the as the replacement. Um, let's let, let let's lock in Zion with a replacement. But I think for us as a team, we need to pick this wild card. Wildy said Chris Paul. I all I do I I do agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So. Are we just forgetting Donovan Mitchell? Is he just falling off yeah. the face of the earth? Are we just not Donovan going to have Mitchell? I know Donovan Mitchell should be replaced for Jamal Murray, but for this final spot, we haven't spoken about that. Okay, fine. For for wildcard spot, let me throw another name in there, and okay. it is another jazz player. And I'm going to say Mike Conley. Now, mm. Mike Conley was supposed to be what what Mike Conley now is what he was supposed to be last year when he came into the jazz last year. Was like, oh shit, this could actually be a really nice piece for the piece for this Utah team to take another step. That didn't happen last year. And in the playoffs, he didn't necessarily perform like he would want him to. And Utah didn't. They got a seven-game series with the Nuggets, but you felt like with a couple extra pieces, with Bogdan being out, with Conley coming back in, they could have done it. And I, I was just reading some articles earlier on today, and listen to this. With both Conley and Mitchell, per 100 possessions, the Jazz are plus 16.8 points. With Mitchell and no Conley, that goes down to 5.6. So they're roughly 13 points worse off when it's just Mitchell without Conley. And you can do this with more or less anyone else on the start on the starting unit from the Jazz. If it's Gobert, it goes from 14 to 11. With um, even with Clarkson, it goes from 15 to 4. So just the impact that um, Conley has for this Utah Jazz team. Is so big, and I think considering what the Jazz's record is, I think it'll be fair to put consideration for Mike Conley. I agree, right. and uh, I feel like he also should be like. Otherwise, I don't want us to discuss him when his career is over and say he was the best player never to make an All Star team. 
I think he deserves the lifetime achievement um, of, uh, of, of getting it this year as well. Okay, so if we map this out, Gobert, happy. Paul George, we're happy. Davis, we're happy. Dame, we're happy. Murray? We're not happy. We're not happy. I think that should be changed to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And then who would be take up the new wild card? Then? So I I think the wild card should be should be finished as I don't think the Rosen should make it. I think it should be CP three. I and agree. Then I think I don't think uh, Conley should be. Agree. In. I just okay. he, but the Mild Rosen I consider to be uh, a snub, basically. Okay. But there's just mm-hmm. too much talent. But yeah, I'm just showing some light and some corners that doesn't usually it doesn't usually go. But Chris Paul is the correct answer if we're predicting. Yep. Okay. It, so is, 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 is that the last one? Is it Chris Paul versus Mike Conley for the last spot? Correct. And yeah. that's why Chris Paul gets it. No, it's no, it's not. It's not. And I'll tell you why it's not. Because there's two wildcard spots. So it would be Chris Paul and Mike Conley. Yeah. So we no, take the Rosen out. Yeah. No, the right. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. where I misunderstood. Okay. Got you. Good. Okay, so that wraps out our all-star team of Rudy Gobert, Paul George, Anthony Davis. Replacement is Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Chris Paul. Happy? I think, yeah. I, yeah, I think absolutely. I think okay. the, the Rosen probably looks at it and says he's a snub. Um, who else? Who else? Who else would feel snub? I didn't have anyone out. Booker, if I didn't have maybe? Anyone else down. Booker, probably. Uh, Booker, Booker probably. If, uh, poten- potentially, potentially CJ, but he's missed a lot of time. Yeah, you could no. say SGA, but they're not. The team's not good enough. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But... Yeah. Okay. Cool. West is sorted. Hopefully, we get we get all right. This is this is where it gets really tricky. The Eastern Conference. There's a lot of real estate here because there's there's players who have loyalties to their teams. Um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a tricky one. But let's start off with Wildy. You have got the guard position in the East to kick us off. Absolutely. Uh, it's James Harden for me. Um, I think it has to be. Um, yeah, I mentioned even earlier on in this um, when we were covering Brooklyn earlier, he had a tough start to the season, uh, but he's come in and really shown his worth. And if you're talking about putting together a campaign to getting a spot. Um, he has put together some games, has put some w- wins in the win column, um, you, you know, on his own, hitting game winners against the Suns. Um, I just think he's obviously really key to them. And it's all fit together way better than everybody predicted, given the usage rate of all three of their stars. Um, but they have sacrificed in the right areas to win games. Um, and, I mean, it has to be rewarded. They're too good offensively to to ignore those guys, so it's James Harden. Okay, I won't, I won't deny James Harden's greatness, but are we, are we above being petty and saying he was an absolute bitch in the way that he wormed his way out of Houston, so if you go and play on a super team with two other All-Stars, and should he be punished for that? No, because he's not coasting. He's he wasn't going in and making a difference to that he, team. He, he's, he's making that team. I mean, they're not here, but I'm just like, I, I'm not above being petty. Like, if it was my own <laughs> personal ballot, I'd, I would be a bit like, screw you. Like, in the same way that a lot of people dislike KD for going to the Warriors. Like, Harden's essentially done the same thing here. 
and he mo- and he 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 forced his way out of Houston as well, which I think makes that even worse. Like, I'm not above sure. punishing punishing him for a year for that. George, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking. Earlier he was mentioning he made the wrong call with the Rockets. He's angry that Harden left him home, right? <laughs> Come on, man. This is like, like 20 games of playing hard. Like. That's amazing. I chose the Rockets because of you, Harden, and you left me. <laughs> all right. Are we, are we all in agreement with James? Yeah. Harden? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Matt, you've got the second guard spot. I thought, well, he was going to back his own boy, so I'm going to do it for him. I'm going to say Trey. He's yeah. uh, 27 points per game, which is eighth for scorers, and he's also third for assists at 9.5 assists a game. Alan loves dying because of his Philly guys. No, and no, I, no, 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 no. No, you've got oh. it completely wrong. It's oh. Jaden Brown. It's, yeah, yeah. it's Jaden Brown. Brown. Yeah. How dare you? How yeah. dare you? That boy is the best player on the Celtics. Yeah. Better than Tatum this year. And that's why he should be picked. But this is why we're having these discussions. Some people might think about Trey. I obviously have so much love for Trey, but I just don't think you should get ahead of Jaden Brown. There's, the, yeah, there's definitely a case against Trey for sure. Um, I think that, look, Jalen Brown... If we were doing this two weeks ago, it'd be a lot different. But I just think that we, yeah, you know, we covered Boston earlier, and it's not working out as as, as well as we hoped it was. And I, as well as Jalen Brown is playing, it's not affecting the team. And this isn't me comparing him to Trey right now because I know what's going on with the Hawks more than anybody. Mm. But I just think that although he's had that output, it hasn't resulted in as good a record as you would want it to. George. You've got the first front court pick. Who are you taking? Um, for my front court pick, I am gonna take uh, Julius Randall. Yeah, love that. Great pick. Yeah. And is there, I don't think there's any any objections really. Yeah, he's great pick. Um, yeah, he's hopefully yeah, makes it. Yeah. It helps that the um, they've come. They've been on a late surge here as well, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like they 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 were really good at the start and then tied off and now they're coming back again, which I really like. Uh, Bray, you got the second front court pick. Yeah, I, I was I was umming and iron between two guys and you made it easy because one of the guys was Randall. The other guy um I've got to go for is Sabonis, um, who has like I know there's like with those these teams, there is like there's only like three games between like half of them. Like it's really tight, but the fact that they traded away um, Oladipo and then didn't get Levert back and he's managed to keep them afloat, I think has been testament. Yeah, it's a good storyline. Okay. God, this makes it really tricky for me because I didn't think you were going to pick Sabonis. So I am going between heart against head here. Uh, And I'm going to go with head. So I'm going to go with Chris Middleton. Yeah. Chris Middleton is 26 and six. He's averaging 37 and seven per 36 minutes without Giannis. And if you look at the Bucks record, there are only two losses behind Philly. 
Um, that's why I'm putting Middleton in. Uh, and without him, they they don't have as good a closer, basically. Obviously, Drew is great, but they need He's him very, to make final shots. Super underrated player. Okay, Ed, you've got the wildcard pick. Well, oh. so, okay, we all know why I wanted this pick. And let me give you the facts. I can give you numbers and I can give you eye test. All right. So the pick is obviously Vucevic for obvious reasons. So <laughs> let me first start no. with the stats. What? Who's laughing? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> um, so if we look at the NBA as a whole, the two best centers in the league, we all know who they are. Once we get to the second tier of centers, Rudy Gobert is the best defensive center we have in the league. And if we're talking about the best offensive center outside of Jokic and outside of Embiid, it is Vooch. Let me tell you about this Magic squad. It is dreadful. Considering all the injuries they've had and some of the lineups they put out and the only consistent has been Vooch. Tell me when you get double teamed and then you kick out to your open shooter who's shooting 25% or his most reliable scorer has been Terrence Ross and he isn't necessarily a catch and shoot from the, from when Vooch is on the paint and throwing, he doesn't necessarily throw to Terrence Ross. That's not how he gets his points. His most reliable shooter has been Dwayne Bacon. That's been, that's been healthy throughout the whole year. If he had better shooters around him, his assist numbers would be much higher. He is, let me get my numbers here. He is, in terms of centers, he is fifth in rebounding, seventh in steals and third in scoring. Defensively, yes, he may not be the best, but he's improved a lot from where he was before. And without him, I don't know where the magic will be. He's got 23 points, 11 rebounds, and three and a half assists a game. That assist number will be much higher if people can make their open threes. And he's shooting 40% from three. He's making the second most threes out of any center, and he's shooting one of the best percentages in the league at over 40%. Last thing I mentioned about Vooch's offensive display he doesn't get any easy buckets. It's not like he's got all his point guards are injured. Remember, we had to get uh, Frank Mason and some guy called Randall. I keep on forgetting his first name as a point guard. So he's not getting any easy buckets rest to pick and roll and he's got an open layup because our point guards ain't doing that. And, was an, and on his assists, Jokic and Horford are the only centers with a better assist to turnover ratio. And Jokic is the only, is only one who has more assists than him. Randall, I think, has got two more assists than him on average a game but he's got double as many turnovers and when Vuj did have that triple double with those 10 assists he did it with zero turnovers as well I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I really want to see Vuj dominate against great offenses he did it twice against the against the Warriors and against the Knicks now said from House Alaska Vuj right okay this is where it gets interesting because we've got the final pick uh, in the wild card as a team there's, I mean, to be honest, there's a lot to uncover in this list as it is. Do should we speak about the final pick? Ben Simmons. Okay. Bam. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got Bam. I've also got Tatum. Yeah. Okay. And I've and I've also got Tobias. But have, there should only you, be one Philly player making that list. Should not have Jalen Brown in there as well. Jalen Brown's going to make it. Oh no! But I'm saying no, oh, no. oh, sorry. Jaden Brown. Jaden Brown is definitely in that list. I'm saying because yes. we haven't discussed him, put him in. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely going to make it. Yeah. Who you got sure. on your four, Matt? Uh, well, my four's gone up now, so I've got Levine, who as much as I as I dog him. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The game, like the last eight games. Oh my god, it's absurd what he's doing. Anyway, <laughs> um, Bam, obviously, um, and I would honestly have a seriously hard choice picking between the two 
I it, I, it would be really tough for me to pick between them. Um, also, um, the the Raptors, like Sir Fredman Lee, uh, has been good. Um, and I would say in there as well, doing better than I expected, the, the Hornets. Yes. So I, I don't Gordon know. Haywood. I don't know. I don't know how I could like. I, I find it difficult to plead the case for Trey Young over um, um, Haywood. It's it's a tough one for Trey. Who should we take in the last wild card spot? For me, so do you think- I, I think it's Levine. I, I honestly do think it's Levine. I mean, don't get me wrong. Thinking of Levine and relating him to like the dunk contest when it comes to All Star, he he vexes me because. Again, I still think Aaron Gordon should have won those goals. Oh, 100 percent Straight up. But still, like uh Brave was saying, what he's done, especially over these past few games, has been incredible. And I think the only reason why the Bulls are in the position which they are in is in big part to what Levine has been doing on the court. He's been a big boost for them. Yeah. So just with, um, this isn't anything against um, Levine, this is just a comparison. So Bam and Abaya, okay, we've talked about how Miami and the Bulls have the same record. You could argue that Bam has had a rougher road given not having their star in Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero hasn't played as well as people thought he would after his performance in the bubble. Bam has put up some outrageous numbers and has been the heart and soul of that team. Um, and Levine, I, I, love, I love it that the, the whole Levine's now getting more respect and he's maturing as a player in his decision-making. It's awesome. Um, but we've also talked about Thaddeus Young having one of his better years and everything like that. So I just feel like, me personally, I would have Bam ahead of Levine. That's just me. Baldi, uh, I think that Bam should be in ahead of Vucevic. Vooch is having an amazing season, yeah. but Bam's numbers, and I'm looking at them, and this is no disrespect, the Let magic, look. They, they've fallen look. off. I've got Bam's, Bam's numbers, 20 points per game, 9.5 rebounds a game, 5.5 assists. He's averaging a steal and a block, and the Heat are near 500. That's why I would put him in. What is that different the, to Vooch's? The, the their team's okay. so much better. Vooch is is the Eastern Conference Shea Gilgis Alexander. The record isn't good enough, and it's not Vooch's fault. You say this, the there is half a game separating the Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic right now. There's half a game. Separating. Oh, is that is that it? Oh, my bad. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not doing as well. Like this is the problem. There is between the Pacers in the four and the Magic. Uh, no, and the Wizards in the thirteen. Um, there is only four games separating all of them. Like it, we're, we're having an earlier All Star game this season, so it means that the teams are a lot closer than they otherwise would be. Um, unfortunately, in the East, it's because though most of them are hovering around or just below 500. Um, but yeah, I I agree with Alex. I think Bam should be in there. Um, but well, for what reasons? Line out the reasons to me, and I'll be like, all right, cool. Because I think they basically have flipped roles. So at the start, Bam was doing everything with, a, with an injured team. Whereas at the start, obviously, Orlando got off to a fantastic start. Then all the injuries happened and they dropped off. Whereas Miami about the opposite. They've come, back, they've come back a little bit as Jimmy's come back as well. But like you see, like 
I've, I've watched them and bam, bam is doing everything. And also the, the one, the one key thing, bam is a way better defender than Vooch. Way better. He does so much more for them defensively. Oh, fair. During that time, you spoke about the team's performance. You never spoke about Vooch's performance within the team. You never spoke, and you briefly spoke about Bam's performance within the team at the end. Any word on Vooch's performance within the team during that time period? He's been he's been really, he's been really good. Like I'm, I don't I don't want to take. I'm not saying that Vooch. This is not this is not a personal attack of no 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 but like no no hundred percent and I, I agree with the defensive point. Yeah, cool, that's fine. If we're looking at defense and offense overall as a as a player this year, yeah, of course, Bam will go in there. But what Vooch might feel like Vooch has provided to the team and with the piece he's got around him. When I tell you some of the starting units he's had around him and still been able to, he's been double teamed so often and he kicks it out and no one can hit a shot. And yes, Bam is a much better playmaker because he does do a lot of the playmaking for Miami. And it's different the playmaking Bam does to what Vooch does because Bam will do it at the top of the key with cutters and making good decisions. Vooch will do it back to his basket, find the open man when he gets double teamed. I get it. It's different sort of assists. Um, I, if, if that's the point defense, cool, fine. I accept that. But yeah, I, I do personally, obviously, I still feel just because of Vooch's impact on the team and what he's done to players around him, I feel that that's, that's why I was saying Vooch. I love drawing him for him, but it was just... I, I just think it I, I think I think honestly, I think if you could say you could have either of them and be yeah, like definitely like uh, I think when it comes down to it, and it, as small as the I think the one the defensive thing and two the Heat are on a you know the magic, one the six, magic. six level up four and are kind of on the way up, whereas the magic are like due to your injury injury stuff are, are not quite quite there. It, it also it's going to be some biasy as well, and you're not going to want to hear this. But Magic are a, a small market team, yeah. and it's easy yeah. for them to be overlooked compared yeah, to Miami, who just went to the finals. And if we're trying mm-hmm. to predict it, I think they're just going to go, yeah, we'll just put Bam in. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, that is I've always known the small market stuff. Like that's that's one of the things in American sports. Like is what it is. We all we all know it's the thing in most American sports, but. Okay, cool. um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to fight, fight my corner, but yeah. All right. Um, so, okay, I think we've got to have. Um, uh, I, it look well. It looks like we need a vote on this one. We need a vote okay. on Trey, and we need um, to confirm that final final pick. Yeah. It sounded like Levine until we got into that, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's start with Vooch, um, Bam. So who's who's voting for Vooch? I know Ed is. Okay, two, two votes. Uh, bam. Okay, four to two. What would have right. happened if that was a tie? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Let's, let's, not, let's not get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were trying to move this along. Okay, last wild card, wild card we have Levine. Who would Levine going up against? Uh, we've got Van Vliet, Hayward, yeah. Simmons, Tatum, Harris. Question is, do Philly deserve two All-Stars for the way they've been playing? Because the Brooklyn, who are behind them in the standings, have got three, which is one of the reasons I also want to shaft James Harden a bit. But um, yeah, I, I get the point, but he's still going to make it. Obviously, situation. I'm just been I'm just been sorry here, but like, yeah. yeah, do do Philly deserve deserve two? We give him a walkie two as well. I I think they might give Philly two, but I'm happy to go with Levine. Sorry, I just. I'm happy to go with Levine and then move Simmons to the trace spot. Whoa, whoa I, I just, we completely forgot about Jalen Brown. 
Okay. Yeah, that's another point. Are you, I would, wait, I think, I who think did we Jay, put I in think, instead of Jalen Brown? I think Jalen Brown's got to go Trey. in instead of Trey Young. I, like, okay. Personally, that's where right. I stand. I know, obviously, Matt is your pick, but... If, if Yeah, if we're putting Vooch and Bam to a vote, I think we have to put Trey to a vote because there's, okay. there's too many too many of y'all saying no to Trey. So we, we, if we're predicting this as a group, we got to throw it out there, right? Mm-hmm. All right, who's on Trey? What's the vote? Trey versus who? Trey Jaylen versus Jalen. Oh. I'm going for Jalen personally. Yeah, I'm going Jalen. Yeah, Jalen gets it. Jalen's in. But this is the list we've got so far. So it seems yeah. like it's set. Harden, Jalen Brown, Judas Randall, yeah. Sabonis, Middleton, Bam. Yeah. Uh, we've got one spot left. We've got Simmons, Levine, Van Fleet, Tatum, Trey. Anything else I've missed? Trey. Trey, we just got rid of you. Yeah. yeah, you could make the argument. I mean, there's could a you, lot of players. Could you have two players. forwards as two wild cards? Is that yeah, possible? Well, yeah. I mean, we had two. We had two okay. cards for for West. Um, literally be anyone. I, I'm happy with Levine because I want to see him get it. If people aren't happy with Levine, I'm saying that they. I think they will put Ben Simmons in there. I I think the fact that Beal made it because like they're the two like. Big scorers on teams with <laughs> less than good records. The fact that um, Beal is uh, is in there means that Levine will get left out because they've already filled their quota for that and they'll go with the winning record and so mm. on that front. Yeah. Um, okay. Anybody else for, for a wild card spot? I'm, Levine is is a good shout, but yeah, it's a good point you make, Pray. I just want to look at Levine's yeah. stats compared to Van Vliet. I know Levine will obviously have a lot Trey. more scoring. Yeah, Trey. Yeah, Trey. Yeah. Trey, Trey. Yeah. yeah, Trey's top ten for points and top five for assists. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely Trey over a uh, Trey versus Levine. What if what if we go around this as a six and say who we would vote for? I'm checking stats. Give me a sec. Start, start with Bray. You start. Who would you vote for? You've got one player. I'm going to start, and I, I like I for the All Star. I really like awarding winning teams. I'm going to have to go with Benson. Okay, Jord. For me, um, I'm going to stick with what I said before. I really, I really think I would love to see Levine in there, and I think Levine should deserve the spot to get it. Ed. I'm going to go for Trey Young because he has the scoring output that Levine does have and he also has the playmaking ability. It's not like Levine is miles, miles, miles better than Trey Young on the defensive end. Um, so I'm going to go for, for Trey Young. I'm picking Simmons. Uh, Matt? Trey. Okay. Oh. Wildy. Right. Trey. Trey. Okay, so Trey gets in. What happened to OU to OU boy Alex Cowley? Uh, Atlanta have been disappointing. I don't think he should make it. Regard because also Wildy, let's be honest, that team is built around him, and it services his skill set. So he might be in the mm-hmm. top ten for scoring and a high in assist number, but his he hasn't led the team well enough. So that's why I'm arguing. But he's I I I know what you're saying, um, but. I think that it's that sort of, that's the way it is in the NBA. If you have a guy that is that gifted, 
then you have to build your team around him to get the most out of it. It's like that's that's what the whole Rockets uh, deal was about when they had Harden. Everything was built around him. Um, and obviously, you know, he'll start every year he was there. So I, I, I know what you're saying. And the defense, obviously, is always a big thing. Um, uh, mm. Yeah, I think Philly, Philly still plays very well without them. Um, but I think I would vote for Trey. I, there's a better case for them because obviously they've got the first, they've got the first seed at the moment. Um, there's just so many players having career years there's so many players having career years it's so hard to pick between them and as I said we're just nitpicking little things just to differentiate them because I mean that's what I was doing I was nitpicking Trey's game between Levine's game this year and it's okay so the list so I'll read out the full list if we're happy with that and then anybody can jump in so in the west we've got Gobert Paul George Anthony Davis Dame Donovan Mitchell Conley and CP3 in the East, we have James Harden, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, Sabonis, Middleton, Bam, and Trey Young. Are we happy with that? I guess so. Fair, I think as a group, we've done a really, really good job putting it all together. Yeah. Are I we mean, happy with that? I think the, the only, like, we've been through it all. So, like, like, the only one that we haven't discussed, I think, is Middleton. At the time, we we kind of presented that. I still do think he deserves it because he is a 50-40-90 yeah. guy. Um, I don't know if there's anyone, like especially given their record. Um, uh, the rest I, oh, I have someone. Tobias Harris. I'll tell you why. We just have to shout out. He's, he's, 20, he's 21 points per game and eight rebounds. You can't. You, and, you've got a. You can't. I. I couldn't put in Tobias Harris over Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has just been better in my opinion. Just doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, earlier, earlier in our show, I I put Tobias ahead of Ben, um, just because the argument for Chris Middleton and uh, Tobias is actually quite similar in the sense of closing games. Tobias incredibly clutch for Philadelphia, so. I'm happy that, with Middleton. Guess, I'm happy with Middleton. Um, a couple of players who we didn't talk about at all that just deserve a shout in general. Um, Tatum, I guess, deserves a shout as well. He, he could be an all-star in another year. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Grant is having a, a career year for himself. Um, it's just, again, very stacked in the East. Jimmy Butler couldn't make a case for himself, although he has been injured for a while. So those Too are just late. a couple other yeah. players. Those, those are a couple other players I had written down just in case anyone brought them up. And we spoke about Van Vliet. Yeah, those are. I'm not sure if anyone else has any names. Guys, if if, if we score five in the East, we've done very well. Mm, absolutely. I don't. Th- I don't think we'll get seven, but I think if we score five, we do really well. But yeah, I think. I, yeah, that was really good. Really good, in- interesting discussions. Um, we'll report back. Uh, obviously, talking about how well we did as a as a collective. I'm proud. The team have come together, um, and we're going to part ways now because back to the regular grind of of positions. And trying to move up the, the leaderboard. So, yeah. Thank you to all the GMs. Uh, this was also our discussions picking our reserves. And um, until next time, it's over and out. Peace. Ciao.